Motivate with KAT is an online enrollment team training platform. If you need to increase conversions across the board, train your team on how to effectively communicate with prospective students, learn accountability, manage upcoming class starts, and so much more, head on over to lessonsthatmotivatewithcat.com to learn more. Hey guys, this is your host, Kathy Belletti, and welcome to another episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop. We're taking a deep dive into how career schools have been able to inspire, support, and place their students over the years into the careers that they deserve. As a bonus, get out that pen and paper. You're getting some free admissions tips on how to get immediate results. Hey guys, welcome to another amazing episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. So today is going to be very exciting because I am going to be dropping some amazing gems and knowledge on how to grow your school and ensure productivity within your admissions teams. So here is a visual for you. You are the enrollment leader. You're walking the floor of your admissions department, and you notice a couple of things that seem a little odd. (laughs) You see some advisors are pacing their offices with this look of anticipation on their faces as they peer through the blinds of their office windows. Then you notice a couple of advisors are at their desk dialing desperately, and a few have this puzzled look on their faces as they frantically flip through the pages of their appointment books. They all have one thing in common. They're looking for their appointments, who in some cases should have shown more than 30 minutes ago. Sound familiar? So here is another visual for you guys. It is the first day of the class start and your team is crowding the front desk or walking up and down the halls with their phones, peeking in at the new students because they're looking for familiar faces within the crowd, their students. Everyone is thinking the same thing. Where are my students? (laughs) Fact is, schools are competing now more than ever before. So effective communication is going to be key to ensure that we're enrolling quality students who are actually going to start, stay, and complete the program. So it starts with the first call. And here's what we need to consider, all right? So first off, tonality, energy, confidence, listening skills. Super important because the ability to identify the student name um, need and then pair that with the right program is going to be essential to the growth of your school. So let's explore a couple of things. Number one, our students are serial shoppers. So that means that speed to lead is going to be crucial. I would say that leads should be contacted at least within five minutes of receiving them. Now, it may seem crazy, but the reason for that is while your advisors are leaving messages, guess who else is leaving messages? 10 other schools. And you know how it goes. The early bird gets the worm. Okay. Number two, tonality. Now, to be honest, this is a topic that we really don't stress in admissions, but it's so important. Your advisor's excitement level sets the tone for the rest of the call. Every prospect is going to feed off of your advisor's energy. So if they don't sound excited to be a part of your college or institution, please tell me why a prospect will be excited and inspired to invest thousands of dollars 
into one of your programs. That is so important. Now, some advisors tend to match the person that they're speaking with, right? But that's a little different because what we need to do is explore that a little, you know, more. If you have an advisor who's normally, you know, really, um, let's say, low tone, you know, there's really not that much excitement. And then the prospect that they're talking to is overly excited. Okay, well, at that point in time, your advisors need to match their energy, but in the contrary, if you're talking to a student who's at a level two, your advisors need to be at a level 10. They have to make sure that they keep control of that call at all times. So number three, effective communication. All right, so let's break it down because this is a topic that has so many different subcategories and we can be here all day. So I'm just gonna give you a couple of gems under effective communication, okay? So A, asking the right questions. Too many times our advisors may follow the lead of the prospect instead of the other way around. So asking discovery questions, they're definitely gonna help your prospects open up. So here's a perfect example. Uh, you have a student that's calling in and they're interested in one of your healthcare programs. So your advisor says to them, okay, so why are you interested in healthcare? And their response is, oh, because I love helping people. I hate that response. I've been hearing it for years and I'm tired of hearing it, honestly, <laughs> because it's as surface level as you can possibly get. So here's another way to ask that question. What excites you about healthcare? What can you picture yourself doing? Better yet, paint a picture for me of what the average day would look like if you're walking into the medical office. These type of discovery questions, they're going to force your prospects to really take a step back and think of if this is something that they really want to do. If your prospects can really paint a picture of if they're working at a medical office, I'm walking in with my crisp scrubs and I'm sitting at the front desk, I'm handling medical records, I'm communicating with doctors and other medical staff. Okay, this is a student who's really passionate about healthcare and they're doing it for the right reasons. So have your advisors dig a little deeper and not just settle for these surface answers. They're not gonna get you quality students, okay? B. Knowing how to listen to what each prospect says and what they enjoy and dislike. All right, so a lot of advisors are guilty of this because students may select a program, they call into your school, they um, speak with one of your advisors and they're saying, oh, I'm interested in this program. Before your advisors take the extra step and ask additional discovery questions, they just take it for what it is and they start describing a program. And then at the end, they realize this is not what the student even wants. So guess what? In a lot of cases, it's too late to now revert to something else and say, well, hey, how about this program? By that time, the attention is already broken and your prospect is no longer interested. So what they're going to hear is, hey, um, I think I want to do some additional research and you never hear from that prospect again. So here's an example for you guys. You have um, a prospect that you're talking to. They express to your advisors, they love administrative duties. They have an accounting background. They enjoy working alone, okay? Um, they've actually had multiple surgeries, so they can't walk around too much because they've had surgery on their knees, right? And they're interested 
in the medical assistant program and your advisors decide to flow with that, here's what should really happen. Your advisors need to take a step back and say, you know what? Let me just discuss a couple of things. I want to be 100% upfront with you because I want to ensure that this program is going to be the best fit. So you did say that you're interested in medical assistant. Do you know what a medical assistant does? Do you know what that type of program actually entails? Because there's a lot of movement. You're going to be standing in a lot of cases for long periods of times. There's a lot of multitasking involved. But you did mention that you can't stand for long periods of time. And you also said that you like to work independently and you have an accounting background. So have you ever considered medical billing and coding? And then have your advisors go into the program description. At the end, they must ask, so does this suit your personality? Is this what you were looking for? A lot of times your prospects are going to say, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was looking for. Here's the key that we always miss. A lot of our students are misinformed. So you have some people that may call into your school requesting programs because a friend or a family member said, you know what, Kat, I think based on your personality, this program is the best fit for you. So these are the schools that actually offer it, call in and get some information. Sometimes, unfortunately, our students do not take the extra initiative to go research the program themselves to see if this is something that they actually like. So they call into your school, they request information on that program, and if your advisors miss the opportunity to really listen to what they're saying that they like and what they can't do and what they dislike, you're going to miss the opportunity to enroll a quality student into a program that's actually going to be better suited for them. So that's important. Always make sure that your advisors stay in control of the call. And listening skills is one of the most vital traits that a successful advisor needs to have. All right, so letter C, asking those hard questions. So this is where some of the conversations tend to go left, right? Because a lot of times your advisors are afraid to ask those hard questions because they don't really want to know the answer because now they're going to have to actually address it. So here's a couple of examples. If they ask a question like, is there anything that may prevent you from starting and completing this program? A lot of times if you ask that type of question, your prospects may say, you know what, well, there is this and there is that. And now your advisors are saying, oh man, if I didn't ask this question, I could have easily enrolled the student. But they have to realize that it's not about enrollments because anyone can enroll in a school. It's all about making sure that we have quality students that we can retain and really graduate so that they can get to their career goals. Here's the second thing. Why is now the right time for you to start your career training? Why not wait a couple years? I always love that question because in a lot of cases, if your prospects are thinking to themselves, I need this immediately because this is what's happening in my life. And then they hear someone say, why not wait two more years? All of a sudden, their ears peak and they start defending themselves. And they're like, no, 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 no. I can't wait two more years because there's the why now. They're prepping you for an amazing recap, which is super important when it comes to the first call and the interview, because it says that you were listening. And a lot of times when people are listening to their own situation, they stop and say to themselves, holy crap, that situation sucks. 
wait a minute, that situation is me. <laughs> I really need to take the next step. And here's the last one. On a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to starting and completing this program? In your advisor's mind, if they hear a five or a six, they're like, ah, oh, damn, here we go. Now I have to work them backwards. Why are you at a five or a six? So what happens, a lot of advisors, they just bypass those questions because they don't want to have to address it. But here's what happens. If we continue to enroll these shaky students who are never committed and who are never actually enrolling in these programs for the right reasons, you're going to get a bunch of cancels. And it looks really bad for retention purposes. All right. So like I said, there's so many different categories under effective communication. But um, those are the main ones that I think were very important. Okay. So let's go on to the next step, setting the expectations. Now, so many students actually end up disappearing after they enroll because our advisors feel that their job is completed. I've done the enrollment. All right, financial aid and academics and career services is all on you. What they don't realize is after a student actually enrolls, that's where their job actually begins. So during the first interview, they have to make sure that they are setting the expectations. These students have to understand that one, we do not accept everyone in this school. We're looking for committed students who are going to graduate. What that looks like is making sure that you are 100% um, meeting all of your expectations. You are in communication. You're not missing your financial aid appointments. If you can't find documents, you're reaching out to me. You're being professional. This is your first step. You have to make sure that you're setting the expectation and the tone from the very beginning. You are not officially accepted into the school until you, and whatever your school's policy is, you have to make sure that you are very, very clear when you're explaining that. So here's another thing, the buyer's remorse call. Now, this is a term that has been used so many years in higher education, but it's not really practiced. And the buyer's remorse call is the call that you make 24 hours after a student enrolls. It is so important because sometimes our advisors are assuming that our students are in the same headspace that they were in 24 hours prior. Because during the interview, they were super excited. They were telling um, you that they're going to talk to all their friends and family. Their families are supportive. But here's what happens. You never know what that conversation looks like after they visit your school or after they hang up the phone with you. So here's a quick example. You have a wife that comes in. She enrolls for your cardiovascular program. During the interview, she mentions that her husband is the one who actually sent her to the school and he supports, you know, her career goals. So when she leaves the interview, she's overly excited to go home and share the news with her husband that she's been accepted into the program. They're having dinner that night and he says, all right, awesome. I'm so proud of you, honey. So how much is the tuition? Oh, um, $47,000. His response is, uh, come again. <laughs> so now the conversation takes a different toll. Now he's talking to her about, is this something that we can really afford? We can't afford to put any more loans on the house. Um, now he starts discussing, maybe we should look into other options or you should continue working for, you know, the next couple of months until we save up some, for some more money because she has a bachelor's degree. So guess what? She cannot get any grants. So it's all loans. She doesn't want any student loans. They have to go to the bank. So, you know, that's a whole story. 
If your advisors miss the opportunity to speak with that student the next day, guess what's gonna happen? They're never going to hear from that student again. We cannot continue to assume that our students are in the same headspace because they left you overly excited. We have no idea what their other half is going to say, what their support system is going to say, what their best friend is going to influence them to do. Mm -hmm. So that's very important. We have to make sure that we're doing them justice and checking 24 hours later. All right. So here's a big one. Stitch. So this is twofold because when it comes to stitch, I always tell advisors, you have to make sure that you are consistently scrubbing your upcoming class start list every single day. So after you come in for the day, you check your voicemails, your emails, um, you call all of your brand new leads and you confirm your appointments. The next thing you need to do is open up your upcoming class start. And what you're looking for, you want to make sure that there's no red flags when it comes to notes from financial aid or the academic team or registrar. You want to make sure that there's no missed appointments from financial aid, anything that looks funny within the notes. But you also want to ensure that you are contacting them pretty often, I would say every three to four days. Okay, so that's the point of scrubbing the list, because if you see that a student has gone missing and financially has been trying to get in contact with them, guess what? These are your students. You built the report. It's time for you to jump in, hop on the phone and try to get these students on the phone and then reset the tone. The second part of Stitch is the communication process. So some schools have class starts that are really spread out. So we have to continuously look for different ways to keep these students engaged between the time that they're enrolled and the time that they're going to start school. So what I've seen so many times, advisors feel like stitching is just um, a reason to reach out to your students. So some of the messaging is, hey, I hope everything is doing good. Hope your family is okay. Have a great weekend. Happy birthday. That's not stitching because guess what? Your students don't have to respond to that. Those aren't even questions, okay? They're statements. A stitching is a reason to give your student to respond. So if you say to them, hey, Kathy, have you found anyone who can be a study buddy? They have to answer that question. Have you bought school supplies as yet? If you're an online school, have you arranged um, an area in your house for studying? These type of questions warrant a response. Okay, that's stitching. You have to make sure that you have some type of voice-to-voice -voice contact because any concern can pop up anywhere with your prospective student between the enrollment time and them starting school. All right, so these are a couple of things that I thought was the most important when it comes to enrolling quality students and retaining them and really making sure that these students are ready to start class, ready and prepared to start class. But a lot of it has to do with the communication between your advisors and these students is very important. The worst thing is for your advisors to sit on the phone, set an appointment, think that they're excited, and then they no-show. Worst is to go through an entire interview process. 
And then all of a sudden, these prospects go missing. And the first day of class, everybody is running up and down frantically looking at that class start list. Trust me, I have been there. It's not a very good feeling. So we have to tighten up this process because also when it comes to advisors, you don't want them to get in that mind frame of, you know what, I suck. This is not for me. This industry has lost way too many valuable and gifted advisors due to lack of support, training, and really helping them, you know, realize what effective communication is. You have to make sure that your team is filled with advisors who are student-centered, all right? So let's make sure that we are doing what we need to do to continue to grow our schools. Tell me what you guys think. Thank you for listening today and uh, stay tuned for more amazing episodes. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. If you love what you hear, do not forget to like and share. Feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, or you can visit my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com to learn more about how I help career schools grow. Head on over to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content. Leave us a rating, but do not forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Until then, live life 100% you.